Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Sophie Dabbs, who is Senior Vice President of Solutions Engineering at Transportation Insight. And today we're going to talk about a manufacturer's guide to e-commerce fulfillment excellence. Now, without a doubt, e-commerce has transformed supply chain and logistics operations um, substantially over the past you know, two decades. Um, and while its impact on the retail industry is well documented, uh, it has also had a, you know, created a lot of opportunities and challenges for manufacturers too. So what are some of those opportunities and challenges and how can uh, you know, manufacturers uh, achieve e-commerce fulfillment excellence? Well, that's the main topic of today's episode and it's great to have uh, Sophie with us in the program to share her insights and advice on this topic. So Sophie, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Adrian. So Sophie, you're, you're a first time guest here on Talking Logistics. And uh, so before we kind of dive into this uh, very meaty topic, um, I, I always like to ask folks, you know, how they got involved with this industry and just get a little bit about their, their background. Um, so why don't we start there really, really briefly, tell us a little bit about your career path, you know, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Transportation Insight. Sure, so I got involved with Transportation Logistics in the way that many people do after a bad breakup in college with a boyfriend. So magically, I had a bad breakup with a boyfriend in college my senior year. And all of a sudden, I was available for an internship in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Melton Truck Lines. And the rest is history. So, um, you know, I came up through the ranks uh, at both a 3PL and a major national carrier and worked on the sales and the operations side of the house. So I kind of got to see both, both sides. Uh, and then I spent about five years in manufacturing before coming to Transportation Insight. And so today I lead our solution engineering and marketing organizations. And I've really been fortunate to have that experience actually being in a manufacturing environment, working for a shipper because I feel like that colors the way I engage, that colors the way Transportation Insight engages with clients, because uh, what I know to be true is that most executives do not wake up in the morning thinking about transportation. And so when you can engage and talk to them about their business problems and their customers, mainly their customers, um, you know, there's a whole different level of connection and solution building that happens. So it has been about 10 years here at TI and it's been amazing. Well, you know, I've been, uh, we just celebrated our seventh year uh, on Talking Logistics. And yeah, congratulations. Would, well, thank you. And, and I would say that, you know, every time I've asked that question, I think you're the first one who has said they got into the industry due to a bad breakup. So you, you get, if we had a prize or a trophy, I, you know, I need the a prize. first of, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you get that one. Uh, but it's great. I mean, great background, uh, particularly working in different um, nodes of the supply chain, if you will, because I think it's so important to really see, um, you know, what's happening in the day-to-day -day, uh, world of supply chain logistics from these different perspectives, a carrier, uh, 3PL, manufacturer, shipper, uh, because it does, it does, you know, when you're able to kind of walk in their shoes, you're able to appreciate the, you know, the, again, the challenges and opportunities that, that arise uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And if, like I said in my opening comments, no, nothing is kind of creating more challenges and opportunities than uh, than the e-commerce. And, you know, like I said, there's been a lot of talk about the impact of e-commerce and, and the quote-unquote Amazon effect on, on retailers. But what's been the impact on manufacturers? 
Well, I, like you said earlier, I mean, I, I don't think anybody can deny that it's really upended the manufacturing world because they're trying to figure out how do they compete, how do they engage, how do they both support their retail customers as well as break into the e-commerce space themselves. And, you know, I talk to manufacturers almost on a daily basis, and the theme is, is very, very similar. And I think it, it, um, it's best told. I was at the CSEMP conference probably a couple of years ago now, but it's, it's still relevant. And I went to a workshop that was run by RELA. And they had great experts on the panel, and they were talking about all the you know grand e-commerce exploits and cart conversion and all the things that you would expect them to talk about in the e-commerce space. But it was a it was not focused at retailers. This was just a broad session for everybody to come in and learn. And you know, finally, towards the end of the session, there was a hand raised in the back of the room, and someone very politely said, "Hey, this is great for the retailers, but." What about all the manufacturers that are trying to do this for the first time? And there was absolute silence on the panel. Now, probably about five seconds of silence. Now, for people who are engaging and used to being on stage, five seconds of silence for anyone is a really long time. So then there was lots of nervous laughter from the audience and the panel. But the response was basically this, lots of words, but we don't know. And, and so while that was a couple of years ago now, what I see is that there still is a large portion of the manufacturers out there that are in the we don't know category. And so that whole, you know, as I talk to individual manufacturers, I try to encourage them to say, you are not alone. There are so many people who are out there trying to figure these things out right now that uh, there are resources that you can go and access. So uh, it's upended the manufacturer's mindset for certain. You know, that's a great, that, that's a great anecdote. And, and I agree. I mean, I think when you read about, um, you know, you go to blogs, you go to webcast conferences, a lot of it is about omni-channel, right? E-commerce. And you're right. I mean, the, the, the target audience for a lot of that content, a lot of that um, education, if you will, has been historically on the, on the retailer side. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, for manufacturers, you know, uh, typically what happens is, you know, retailers say, we're the customer, you know, we're going to throw this up on you. You guys figure it out. Uh, you know, and, and figure out how you're going to, you know, meet our needs, you know, whether it's e-commerce or on time in full or all these other things that kind of get tossed yeah. in manufacturers laps and they have to figure it out. Um, you know, but the reality is that, you know, just as it's had, you know, a transformational change on how uh, retailers, um, you, you know, their supply chain networks and how they flow product, you know, it's similar things are happening on the manufacturers. And you're right. A lot of them just don't know how to even get started. I know, I know we're going to kind of address that question later on is, you know, how to get started. Um, so, so maybe why don't we start there? I mean, how are manufacturers getting started, you know, from your experience? Those are maybe a little bit further ahead in the, in the maturity curve. How are they getting yep. started with the direct consumer and e-commerce e fulfillment? Well, almost invariably, especially the consumer goods manufacturers are getting started by default because they are ending up having to serve their retail customers through drop shipping. And so they go through all the iterations of instead of shipping pallets or full truckloads to a retail distribution center, 
they're now shipping ones and twos out their back door through UPS, FedEx, UP, the Postal Service, etc. And they have all the headaches associated with going from large truckload or pallets to small pieces. And with that, they have to look at the challenges of the physical warehouse, the labor challenges, packaging challenges. And what I see is they're saying, well, if I have to do the drop shipping for my retail customers, maybe there's an angle and I have to go through all the pain associated with that. Maybe there's an angle for me to get into the marketplace. And then there's this soul searching process that happens to say, but the retail customer is my customer. And do I really want to open the can of worms in the marketplace going direct consumer? So you watch that um, maturity curve kind of evolve um, over time as, as you work with folks. You know, and, I, and, and you're right. I think I see it too. We, we've written a lot about drop shipping and, you know, how that's been growing in popularity over the past, you know, five, six, seven years, because that is the, the first entry point, you know, for, for a lot of manufacturers. And if you look at it from just a transportation standpoint, like you said, you, know, you go from shipping pallets and full truckloads to, you know, distribution centers to now shipping parcels. So all of a sudden where, you know, I know when I got started in the industry 20 plus years ago, uh, parcel was uh, not even, uh, you know, it was a negligible part of a manufacturer's transportation spend. Mm -hmm. uh, you fast forward to today and it's a, you know, a significant portion or a growing portion of the transportation spend. And as we all know, parcel is very different than LTL. It's very different than truckload in terms of how you negotiate, in terms of the way the, way the rates are structured. So there's a learning curve just on the transportation side of things, right? That is exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's so, it's so interesting because I used to go into manufacturers that would say, oh, we, we're full truckload. LTL is a bad word. And it's almost a joke. And now it's like, okay, talk to me about parcel <laughs> because forget LTL, forget truckload. I've got to figure out my parcel and my white glove delivery or whatever it might happen to be in that space. So it has, it has mandated the shift in the market and the shift in buying has mandated that the manufacturers change the way they think about the customer themselves. And so that in itself has been probably one of the hardest things that I see for manufacturers to, to really get their minds around. Absolutely. Of course, it has a ripple effect on the technology side of things as well with, you know, the capabilities mm -hmm. you might have in a transportation management system, a TMS, in terms of how, having parcel capabilities there, or just the integration with a retailer to do drop, even to do just do drop shipping, right? How do, you, exactly. how do you get those orders into your systems? How do you provide the retailers with visibility, whether you have inventory on hand to even, you know, provide the product? So there's a lot of, you know, uh, you know considerations here, which kind of brings me to you know, kind of my next question, you know, when it comes to e-commerce fulfillment, I mean, what do you see as the, the biggest, um, you know, supply chain logistics challenges that manufacturers, you know, face? I mean, what, what are some of the biggest changes that they, that they need to make in order to succeed? Yeah, you hit on one already, and certainly there are a lot of them, but let, let's touch on three. So technology and everything associated with that, including transportation management software, their ERP software, how they actually receive orders and process them through their system. Uh, so that's a, that's a big piece that needs to be evaluated and updated sometimes. Uh, the whole delivery aspect, so the carrier piece, distribution, the shipping costs, um, and oh, by the way, let's pause and say, I have now all these consumers who have access to social media 
And so the delivery has to be flawless because there are now millions, we hope, of consumers have access to every social media challenge out there. And so from a sales and marketing perspective, not only are they concerned about, about the actual service and delivery, but now they want to have a good message on social media as well. And, and then the final one rel, uh, relative to supply chain is inventory and inventory management. And where do you actually source those goods when someone places an order? Is it from a distribution center? Are you fulfilling from your manufacturing site? What does that look like? And what's the interim plan for that? And what's your plan for success? You know, the inventory piece is, uh, uh, you know, has played such a critical role in whether ultimately you're going to be profitable in doing all this, right? Because you could end up with a lot of stock or not enough stock or, um, and, uh, or you can, you know, has again, a ripple effect on your manufacturing operations. Do you expand, you know, your manufacturing site to be able to hold more inventory or, do you have, do you separate stock at your distribution center, have some allocated to stores, for example, and others just to direct to consumer? So a lot of questions there that, that just like retailers, uh, manufacturers really have to, you know, uh, think through. And I think this leads me to my next question. So I think for a lot of manufacturers, you, you know, particularly those that are trying to come up to speed real quick, they may say, all right, do we try to build all of this in-house and, and try to bring in yeah. the, the, the expertise in-house? Um, and how quickly can we get there? Or is this an area that perhaps we should partner with a third party, you know, to help us answer these questions, to help us manage, you know, through, through this process? So how, how can a third party partner help manufacturers navigate, you know, through these challenges and, and changes? And ultimately, what, what capabilities should they look for in a partner? Yeah, so I, I think that uh, one of the biggest challenges is, is really aligning yourself with the right partner and I would actually say right partners, plural, because there, are, there is the whole supply chain delivery piece of the partnership. And, and certainly you wanna look for things like experience. I have a story, I have done it before. And we can talk about the technology and the physical facilities and the locations, but experience, flexibility. The market is changing almost daily. How is that partner helping you navigate through that? And so from a, from a distribution and a transportation perspective, there are, one, you know, there are angles that you need to look for there, but from a digital marketing expertise perspective, how are they helping you get ahead? And then the final thing is innovation. There are so many things that are moving right now concurrently, and no one has a crystal ball to say, this is what it's going to be. Look for the way people think. Are they thinking ahead? Give, give examples of innovation. Why do you believe this person can actually, or these people can actually help you? So you'll find as you go through an evaluation process of uh, distribution centers or, part, or uh, logistics providers or technology platforms that many of the, the features and the benefits are the same. They are look at how the pieces come together and those, that partnership that you can form with them. You know, I love, I, I love that you talked about experience um, and expertise because I think that speaks to the human element, the people element uh, of mm -hmm. this, right? So we, we always focus a lot, like you just said right now, we focus a lot about the physical 
aspects of the supply chain, right? How many distribution centers do you have? Do you have automation equipment in those facilities to handle parcel and so forth? And then in many ways, those are, those are requirements, but they become table stakes because anybody that's been doing this for a while, you know, it's hard to differentiate one another, but the real differentiators are those things that you really talked about, right? That, that expertise and, and the, the human element, the flexibility, because we, we all know that uh, this is a rapidly changing uh, you know, environment here. So how flexible can your partner uh, react uh, to what's happening in the industry? And even ideally to your third point innovation, not just react, but be ahead of the curve, right? And yeah. be set up for the next wave of, of, of innovation and change that, that, that's coming. So you triggered a thought. You want to partner with someone who is willing to have a hard conversation with you when they see you going down a path that has risk that you don't understand. And that is something when you speak to the people and the expertise, that professional courage to really engage you at a level that they can indicate how much they care for you and your business is something that if you can pick your partner, pick somebody who does that. Love that. Love that. I think that that's definitely going to be uh, something to underscore and, and, and think about. Um, so, so is there uh, kind of an area in your experience uh, of e-commerce fulfillment that uh, you think many manufacturers overlook? Yeah. So I could probably name a couple, but I think the biggest thing, because we all plan for success, the biggest thing is thinking through how they're going to manage returns. So the stats today, because these are well-researched, the stats today, everything that is bought online, 30% coming back. 30% is a lot. Even if it's a significantly lower number, having thought through how you're going to process those returns, how you're going to return them to inventory or not, what does that look like, both from a, a systematic perspective as well as a physical facility perspective, is a is a big deal and if it's overlooked it becomes problematic fairly quickly you know uh, i i love that you mentioned that because i you know a couple of years ago i wrote a post on talking logistics called um you know holiday returns the mm. hangover migraine of uh, of logistics basically because you know everyone's so focused on selling as much as possible over the holiday season but just as you just said a, a very large percentage of those products that I bought get returned. And the reality is, this is true for retailers and especially manufacturers. Uh, they lack the systems, the expertise, the processes, the metrics, you name it, uh, to effectively disposition and, and handle, you know, returns. So I'm, so I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that certainly retailers have overlooked and you could argue that they're ahead of the curve with this whole e-commerce thing. Agreed. So it's something that manufacturers can arguably perhaps, you know, uh, learn from, from some of the uh, mistakes that retailers have done in this area and try to get up and, and, you know, move ahead of the curve in, in this respect. Well, and returns are such a challenge that many of the, the carriers, the small parcel providers are coming up with solutions. Many of the third party logistics companies are coming up with creative solutions to help not just handle returns, but avoid them. Uh, but I also think it's, it's interesting as consumers, you know, if you remember the old service merchandise model, you know, returns are such a big challenge. How, are, how is the market going to look two, three, four, five years from now when we don't even, we don't have retail stores that have every size that we wear, for example, what might that look like as opposed to buying seven pairs of gray jeans and returning six of them? I don't know anyone who did that. 
what what might the future look like relative to how we actually buy? So I think returns and the cost associated with that uh, may actually drive change in the industry eventually. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, Sophie, I mean, this is a topic that we could literally have a, a two-day conference on. Uh, and if, no in doubt. fact, you, you, uh, there at Transportation Insight, you, you published a white paper recently with the same title, Manufacturer's Guide to E-Commerce Fulfillment Excellence, I believe, that really goes into a lot more detail in, in a lot of things that we talked about today. But uh, so, so I invite our viewers to you know, check that paper out because it really provides a, a lot of great uh, insight and, and advice there. But you know, as a way to wrap up here, our conversation, I mean, what, what, what do you view as the smartest thing that a manufacturer can do moving forward to position themselves for uh, e-commerce fulfillment success? And, and conversely, what is the biggest mistake they can make? Yeah, so, so I, I think it's kind of a twofer here. Um, surround yourself with experts both from a fulfillment and a logistics perspective, as well as digital marketing, uh, because not doing that, it becomes problematic fairly fast. And I, after working in manufacturing for, for several years, what I know is folks have made their careers being an expert in how to serve and deliver to their business customers. And what I also see now working on the third-party logistics side is that you have to behave differently. So Mark Twain has this great quote, something like, it ain't what you don't know that hurts you, it's what you know for sure that just ain't so. That is what I see playing out. And, and so surround yourself with experts who can challenge you, who can bring new ideas to you, and do your research, no doubt about it, but trust them. They've got lots of war stories. They probably have lots of references, but trust them. Well, with that, I think, you know, ending on those great words of advice, and of course, with the, uh, you know, Mark Twain quote, you can't, you can't get any better than Mark Twain to really uh, hit, the, hit the nail on the head sometimes with some of these things. Um, you know, Sophie, I think, you know, like I said, we just managed to scratch the surface on this topic, but you provided some great insights and advice, you know, for manufacturers on how to, uh, you know, get started and some of the things that you ought to be thinking about as they try to navigate the different challenges and opportunities with e-commerce fulfillment. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Yeah. Thanks, Adrian. It's been great. And I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Transportation Insight uh, website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Sophie, you can post it there and she'll be more than happy to respond to that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.